What's up, Wilderness? You are listening to episode number three of the new Hockey Wilderness podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Quigley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RP underscore Quigs. Uh, guys, the Wild, the Minnesota Wild, they actually won a game. The, the Minnesota Wild have won a hockey game. They defeated the Montreal Canadiens today by a score of four to three. And guess what? They scored not one, but two. Two power play goals today by the Minnesota Wild. It's pretty fantastic. They haven't scored a power play goal in what feels like a year. It's really only been like a week. But you know what? These are the small milestones that we need to take with us as little victories as this season goes forth because uh, we're going to need them a little bit. So um, one of those power play goals by, was scored by uh, soon-to-be James Norris Memorial Trophy recipient Brad Hunt. Uh, yeah, you're, Lindsay's looking at me like I'm a nutcase, but you know what? Just hear me out, okay? It's it's happening. We all know. Let's not try and deny the inevitable, okay? Um, it's just some, this team, it's such an interesting thing because they come out, they have a first period like they did where they dominate 19 shots on goal in 20 minutes, and then the second period they come out, just kind of fall flat, allow two goals in 16 seconds. Why can't this team just allow one goal and that's it? It has to come in like doubles or or twins or triplets or whatever so i don't know it's annoying i just mentioned Lindsay, and uh i'm gonna go ahead and uh officially introduce her now to the podcast what's Hello. up Lindsay? Good Lindsay morning. brown good night good yeah it's good. i said good morning initially and it's literally 8 30 at night it's very night <laughs> see and there i go i said it's very night i meant to it's say very it's very night it's very late like Rewind the tape both of us are running on minimal sleep yes um, which is a common trend around here yes um what time did you go to bed last night, Lindsay? Uh, I think I went to bed at the ripe hour of 3.30 in the a.m. Excellent. Yes. Just I wasn't very, too, too very long after you. I was about 4.35. So, so tell me, what what were you doing at, at the literal break of dawn? I was I, So I got caught in the YouTube uh, rabbit hole of watching Vine compilations. So... Oh boy! That's how it works. That is how it works. That's how it works. That is absolutely how it works. I, I was I was kind of laughing real hard. You know how sometimes you see a video that you haven't seen in a while. Yep. And you remember how funny it is. The warm fuzzies they bring back the memories. Where exactly. It's like, Damn, Daniel, and you're like, oh, <laughs> hilarious. I hate that vine. Oh, I love it. My favorite vine is the one with the, like the field of geese. And the girl's like, "Look at all those oh, chickens." Yeah. I, we we were obsessed with that when that got real, when that broke out in college. We're like, "Look at all of these chickens. chickens!" It was a theme for one of the seasons back in the day. Lindsey Brown, your Twitter handle is at Lindsey Brown thirty five. Correct. Uh, we're doing some interesting stuff here. What yesterday? Mm-hmm. You and I went to a rage room, and as people who watch quite a bit of Minnesota Wild hockey, that seemed only appropriate to go I, to yeah. a rage room. Everybody has to get the bad feelings out some way or another, and we decided to do it in a controlled, destructive manner. Yes, exactly. We had supervision. Adults were watching us. Well, I don't know. I think that guy was younger than we were, but it's he okay. Might, it's he fine. Might, he was yeah. being paid to be our safety people. Exactly. And he could, you know, it's not like they were short of any weapons or anything like no, that. No, we they upgraded to the, to the weapon package. That's yes, what we, we did. did. They were like, you get two, and we're like, ah, uh, we're going to need a few more options, por favor. And so what did we have? We had a mace. Yep. We had, we had the a silver couple back. axes, but it wasn't an axe. It was like a, it was a wooden axe. Right. Like, yep. We had I didn't even wrench. Use the axe. We had baseball bat wrapped in chain. That um, was my personal that favorite. That was your personal favorite. 
Uh, but yeah, it was just a bunch of heavy sledgehammers types of uh, battering devices, and we were just beating the hell out of yeah. uh, some printers and some bottles and whatnot. I showed that TV who's boss. Yeah, that you did. That TV that you did. will never fuck with me ever again. Ever. Ever. Won't ever with anyone, period, because yeah. we destroyed it. Right. And we didn't have to clean any of it up. And it's dead. <laughs> You're right. It's the best part about it. It really is. And we is. got a workout in. Part of me feels bad doing I that. I don't know. I don't. That's part of the bit. Yeah, that's, yeah, it is. That's literally know. what they. Someone else cleaning up my mess. Their first part of their line of their advertising, like maybe it's you destroy it and we clean it up. Maybe, Perfect. Maybe it's because back in college I was like a server, and then I had yeah. all these people who were just slobs. Yeah. Leaving sauce all over the place. Right. And- but as a server, you brought food out. You had many different types of duties. Their duty is to literally like walk us through the safety thing, make sure we sign the the waivers, and to clean up after we're done. So yeah. Fair enough. But yeah. we had fun. But yes, it, we, we did. We released some of the stress from the Minnesota Wild, and clearly exactly. we impacted and, their game today. And you know what? I think they won today's game because of us. We put that positive. We put neg- the energy yeah, up there. We put it up we there. We got rid of all the, the negatives. We got it all out of our system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they go out, and then they do this. Now, let's let's get this out of the way immediately. Okay. It was not an amazing game from the Minnesota Wild. It doesn't need to be because all that matters is it's a they W, the w. And they don't have enough of them, so we'll take the ones that we get. I just want to point out that the Minnesota Wild are 1-0 when I predict that they're going to, quote, get that W. And they did, in fact, get that W today. So uh, you're, you're welcome. Ch- you have to be choosy with that. If you start saying that happens every time and you start using it all the time, then people are going to start blaming you for you're stuff right. that you're not blamable for. You're right. But so far, that's not something I have to worry this about. This is true. Because this is I, true. I am perfect so far with my predictions. Yep. So 1-0. Uh, uh, Good beat, for you. Beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-3. I want to get. Let's just go into this right off the bat. What? What? What could you possibly be referring to? Well, well, you 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 may have heard, potentially, maybe have heard about a slight choice of words from a certain someone on a certain hockey team hmm. in a certain league. Interesting. In North America, uh, one could call that Super league the specific. NHL. One could call that team the Minnesota Wild, and one could call that player uh, Jason Zucker. Oh, he plays on this team, doesn't he? He does. I forgot. He for does, a yeah, right. I exactly. For a second. So tell me, so fill me in in case I- I've been living under a rock or under some sort of stupor after our destructive afternoon yesterday. What what exactly did Jason Zucker say? So, Jason Zucker comes out after their most recent loss to the Montreal Canadiens. They had a, like a it was like a back to a home, home and home. home. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then the Canadians also played last night, so it was like a, Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, it was like weird. I think they played Detroit or Colorado, someone. I can't One remember. One of those teams. But they played last night. And um so when Minnesota lost to the Canadians on Thursday, after the game it was a horrible game, a terrible game. Four nothing loss. Brutally bad. Like and you know what? Um Staylock didn't look too bad. I didn't think he looked too bad that game. The whole team, the rest of the team, awful, mm-hmm. terrible. I think like they didn't even get twenty shots on goal. It was just a bad game all around from that team, and it was a performance that left a bad taste in pretty much everyone's mouth. And so after the game, Jason Zucker said to uh, you may have heard of this person, uh, uh, Michael Russo of the Athletic. Mm-hmm. He said to Michael Russo, "We all need to be better." This is paraphrasing, by the way. We all need to be better, and it's. I need to be better. The team needs to be better. Bruce needs to be better. From the top down, he said. Bruce, Mm -hmm. yes, from the top down. Bruce being Bruce Boudreaux, the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. So everyone freaked out. Right, but this is 
before or after their team-only closed-door meeting, Correct. their fifth or sixth game into the season. So there's that context, too, that there it was obviously very volatile fo- following that loss because of the nature of the loss, because there have been so many bad losses to start this year. And then you have the meeting, and I forget if this was before or after. I think mm-hmm. it would be after uh, that, he ta- that Jason talks to Michael Russo. Russo tweets this out and then starts writing, does his job. Right, right. And there's no way – all right, when you're reading a tweet – when you're reading text in general, there's mm-hmm. no way you can tell someone's <sighs> exact tone. You can't really the tell. The context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The context sometimes gets left out. Yep. In this situation, that was one of those situations. This whole thing where people are assuming, oh, he's calling. I thought, when I first saw the tweet, I was like, oh, man, he's calling up Bruce. Like, See, I was opposite. What, like, when I saw the first time, I was like, man, I mean, and why not? Mm-hmm. He's frustrated. The whole team's frustrated. Right. Why shouldn't you be? You're one six and zero. Oh. You've mm-hmm. won one game out of seven. What do you like? You should be pissed off. Everyone needs to be better. And then he goes out. He says that I'm like, you know what? He's not wrong. And then he. It turns out that he was what he really was saying was, yeah, we all, literally, all of us need to be better. It's not just Boudreaux. It's it's all of us. I just as much me as it is anybody else. And um, so it, it's good that the air got cleared on that because several times yes several times he i think he zucker apologized yeah to to bruce personally personally several times minutes after he said that yep minutes so he didn't at the breakfast the next morning he did it again at the practice after they returned home before i think it was yesterday he reiterated it again just because it is one of those stories that's a non-story but somehow it just because it wasn't put out early enough right after it was, or it wasn't elaborated up, upon early enough exactly that there was so much speculation that it became this false narrative and this this always seems to happen in minnesota in minnesota sports <laughs> i swear to you because the same type of thing kind of happened earlier on in, in this viking season when we had kirk cousins apologizing to adam Thielen, and we have you know Stefan Diggs not coming to practice because he's right. mad about something. Just all these little things. And now there's a lot more credence in the frustration in the purple locker room than there is in the green locker room right now. Yeah. But it was it's it's so weird how hard it is in this in today's day and age with all the technology that we have, all of the connections, how easy it is to talk to one another and how frequently what is actually being intended to be communicated to the message, like to the person, is completely misinterpreted or made into something right. that it's not. It's so weird how we have access to everything, and yet we know nothing or or just something blows up for no reason. So if you still think Jason Zucker was calling out Boudreaux deliberately, uh, you're wrong. Move on. Yeah, um, grow up. It's and it's a, it's a good thing that yep. uh, he kind of really he did handle the whole backlash of his statement yep. quite well. Uh he was a huge reason why they got their first win. Or, well, their second, second win, win, but their their first win after this whole thing. Right. Um, man, that first – so he gets – Opened up de- the scoring. Opens up the scoring on the power play. He gets a deflection goal. And then he – on the game winner, unbelievable pass. Like, you know, abs- goes through – basically the entire Montreal defense hits uh, Zach Parisi directly on the tape. Easy goal for him. Yep. Just gets it right past Kincaid, who Kincaid did have a very good game. We were talking about that. Yeah, he plays he well against uh, against Minnesota for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. And he just he he was one of the main reasons why they won today. So that's one hell of a way to, as you like to say, Lindsay, walk the walk and not mm-hmm. just talk the talk. 
Absolutely. And and what we were saying before we started recording, too, is is Jason finds himself in a really precarious position on this team because last year there were, he had basically four or five buddies. So he had Granlin, Nino, Coyle, all these guys that are basically his age. And now he's kind of like nobody. one of nobody. And so <laughs> – They're he's kind of he's kind of the leader of the non-old guys, but not the young kids either. And so he's being asked to kind of step up in a leadership role in the locker room within the team. And clearly when you, with with the focus on him just as a personality in the Twin Cities, very well known as a player, very well known off the ice as well and his wife is too. It's just he's stepping up as a leader and by him owning up to that quote and realizing like, Hey, guess what? I understand why everybody's kind of reading this incorrectly. But fun and, fact, that's right, actually not even what I right. meant. Right. And, yeah. and, and it's not what I meant. And he's like, but I stand by the rest of my statement. He's like, it well, just, he's right. He's exactly. very right. But that takes, that takes a special type of courage because some people, they think you just have to apologize for everything these days and be, just to quiet the noise. But he's like, I get why you're freaking out. This is not true, but I stand by the rest of the stuff. I shouldn't have brought the name up. And he goes out and scores, opens up scoring, walks the walk. And is clearly a big focus point for this team and has been in the past, but is definitely going to be going forward through the rest of the season. He scored the first power play goal, second power play goal, the one, the only. Double subs. Double subs. I love double subs. Brad Hunt, baby. Yes. I love He's, double subs. You know, <laughs> Is there something that's just been missing with him, like, over the last, like, it makes me wonder, like, I've obviously been playing, paying very close attention to the Vegas Golden Knights since their inception. I've been covering them for, since they started. Um, And it makes me wonder, why was he not used on the power play more when he was here? I I know they're- Well, he was barely in the lineup when he was down in Yeah, they were were pretty stacked, but, I mean, my God, they just seem to be better- at scoring goals when he's out there on the man advantage. I, I think I think what you're seeing is a player who has always been uh, option B, being chosen as option A for the first time in his professional career and is not only taking it but running with it. And and this has always been present in his game when the Wild acquired him. We talked about this, I think, the first time we were on the air together about how I was really impressed with his ability to get pucks through to the net, especially on the on odd man, odd man rushes, especially on power plays, and how much that was needed from the back end uh, for the Minnesota Wild. And clearly he has taken a step and – while the rest of the team has been mostly awful for the for most of this season, awful he's been one it. he's been one of those nice. players that has been good most of the time, and so he's taking advantage of other people's lack of I don't know playing well, right? And so he's getting that responsibility now. He's being rewarded for his good play, and this is what you want to see. This is what you want to see, especially for a rebuilding team. You want people to be getting minutes based off of merit, not because of what their name is, what their contract is, or how long they've been on the team. Do you think that this win today could be the turnaround, or do you think what, that this like they're going to make the playoffs and that's all? No, 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 not that, not that. Because I think we can all pretty much agree mm-hmm. this team ain't making the playoffs. They're not. I've I don't see how weirder they do. things happen, but in most simulations, in the grand simulation <laughs> conspiracy, it's a no go in 2019-2020. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. But could this be the start of them turning it around, as in not losing? Three games in a row and then winning. Actually, one. being competitive. Actually, I, yes. you know, winning every once in a while. Yeah, I think I think this absolutely could just because, especially after being beaten so badly in Montreal just a couple nights ago, and then to win a game 
where it's not one nothing, it's not two one. Now keep you, in mind, right. This game was Montreal was coming up. This was their second of a back to back game. Yep, absolutely. So they had played two games in as many days, less yep. than twenty four hours and earlier. It wasn't Carey Price in that either. It wasn't Carey Price. And but that's and that's why it, it, those factors are important. But as I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's not that many W's in the column. So whoever you're playing against, whoever's out there, how many games they've played in the last few days, it does not matter. There is no moral victories right now or moral losses because right now you need any sort of victory, any sort right. of positive momentum going your way. So I absolutely think this could at least get some positive feelings back in that locker room, getting some sort of a semblance of camaraderie on the ice. Because I think in that first game against Montreal, one of the biggest things that they were struggling with was passing, tape-to-tape passing, Even catching tonight, passes. There, was some, there were some struggles right. tonight, too. I remember right. there was one odd man rush. Uh, Miku Koivu had the puck. And, I mean, there's a routine pass. I believe he was trying to pass it. Oh, God, I can't even remember who. Uh, maybe it was Parise. Parise. I can't yeah. remember who he was uh, throwing it to. But just – just off the mark complete. And I'm like, right. dude, he's like 15 feet away. Right. Come and, on. Right. And those are those little things where because everything is so negative, I'm sure that the pressure in Montreal when they were playing there the other night, it was almost like a boiling point. And that's why you have those players-only meetings. That's why you kind of have these shock points where all of a sudden it's like, hey, guys, wake the F up because right. you guys are dog shit right now. And so – it can't really get much worse, and so you see some positive momentum. You see some of that, some of those goals being scored that aren't just off of somebody's butt. Like there's actual play, hockey play, and that's going to kind of go through the lineup. And you want to get those young guys involved. You want everybody to get these positive feelings. But yeah, I think they could definitely start a little streak streak of uh, of games here where they could definitely string some um, wins together. Now I have some bad news about that though. Why? Tuesday, Minnesota Wild or uh, the. They, well, they are the Minnesota Wild. They literally are playing because it's the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild are facing off against the Edmonton Oilers, who have just decided out of the blue. That's what they do, though. We're it's just, so, you know what, it's guys? so Edmonton. I just feel like they get oh. together this year and it's just like, you know what, guys? I think uh, this we, is it. This, we should try to be good this year, maybe? This is, uh, you yeah. know what, guys? I think this year, you know, you think we should try this year? I think I Connor think should. should probably try to score a lot. Turns out Connor McDavid is um, rather good at the hockey. Oh, also is Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl, oh, also good at the and hockey. And James Neal. James, James Neal? James Neal was basically <laughs> a doorstopper last year for Calgary after, his, after being part of the inaugural season here down in Vegas. Is awful last year, and all of a sudden... He's he has like seven goals. He, right. he th- that team is scoring at an ungodly pace, and there and there's conversation like, are are McDavid and Leon Drysaddle gonna finish one two in the MVP voting? All of a sudden, I'm like, let's pump the brakes. But it is very nice to see Connor McDavid actually winning, actually like having some more support from the guys around, and just having good hockey being shown in Edmonton for Man, once. You, you think the Oilers won that uh, that that Lucic for Neil trade? It's close. Uh, it's it's close pretty close. One. Hey, Lucic, he's, he's not exactly a fast starter anymore, and they're two very different players <laughs> as well. But you can definitely tell that both players need a change of scenery, and it's it's benefiting both teams. Yeah. It's just uh, the the Oilers are just <laughs> – they're, they're, they're a lot like the Wild. Oilers going to oil. Oilers going to oil. Wild going to wild. You never – really – both of them, you just never, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. Every night, it's kind of just like, all right, let's see what's going to happen now. And then right. the Oilers are just kind of. But that's what I mean. Like, the Oilers don't have that many different faces on their roster, just like the Wild. 
But the difference is that they had a couple of games early where they scored a lot of goals. They got those positive feelings, the positive momentum, and then all of a sudden you start believing in yourself a little bit more, and it just keeps becoming easier and easier to stack those things on top of each other. The negative momentum works the same way as positive momentum does. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just can't believe this whole James Neal thing. I mean, I can and I can't. That's it's like a very. I'm not it. surprised that it's that this is what James Neal is yeah. doing. Yeah, and remember, he kind of did something similar in uh, uh, the mm-hmm. Golden Knights' first season. Yeah, his, a Renaissance year of sorts. Oh my God, his first mm-hmm. couple, like I think it was like the first. He led the league in goals. Yeah, for like I he think was the first like the MVP of, of that team for probably the first half of the yeah. season. Yeah, and then we and then everyone else on the team just realized, like, wait a minute, I'm William Carlson. Yeah, I'm Jonathan Marchessault. I'm the bomb. And yeah. then they just started becoming the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep, and the legend so. is what it is. So, here's something to consider. KK. The Edmonton Oilers, when they come to town on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. it will be a home game. It will. Tonight's home game against the Montreal Canadiens was historic. Do you know why it was historic? I do know why. It's because for the first time since, I believe, 2015, January-ish of 2013. December of 2013. The XL Energy Center was not sold to capacity. 17,344 people it's, were in attendance it, per, that, per Michael Russo of the Athletic. Trust me, it hasn't been sold out in a while, tech, for a, like technically. Right. The bodies aren't there, but well, officially you know the number wasn't now there. It's official. Now it's official. Now it's official. It's officially and I've, started. I've Craig seen, is crying. He's freaking out. Craig Leopold, if you're oh. listening, I know you do because, my God, is this the, not the best podcast ever, Obviously. Lindsay? Obviously. Obviously it is. Craig, you got to start making some things interesting around here, bud. I mean- Right now, there's there's just, I mean, yes, they won today. I get it. Uh-huh. But there's still not a lot to be excited about. Except, right. uh, you know, you take Kirill Kaprizov and all that. Enough with we, the Kirk, with the Kaprizov. We're not getting into Kaprizov no. today. We're not getting into that. Believe but it what alone. we are getting into is this team is boring. Yes. They well, sc- welcome to Minnesota hockey. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Like, they sco- Yes, they won, and they scored more than two goals today, which is by the great holy fuck, that just doesn't happen anymore with this team. Well, that never has really happened with this team outside of maybe Bruce's first year here. Because back in the day when Jacques Lemaire was the coach, it was remember the trap system in the neutral zone? You remember oh, that whole thing? Right. All of the games were two to one on purpose because yes. that's how it was played. And that's most of the games in the NHL where that's why they had the lockout. That's why you see the resurgence of scoring, or I shouldn't say resurgence, the initial surgence of scoring that we're seeing these days. But yeah, it's it was it was definitely a different type of game today, but still, like you said, there's not as much excitement around this team and it's until they start doing and playing in a way that is surprising to people, that's that ex- that buzz is not going to be there. If it's March or April, like See. you know, one of the last months of the season, mm-hmm. and this happens, cool. What who cares? Yeah. Like this team's not making the playoffs. Go ahead and don't cut, like whatever. You mm-hmm. know, there's nothing to come here for anyway. You know, they're not making the playoffs. Right. This is the second home game of the season. Right. And it's going to get tougher, too, because I believe high school hockey starts this week. I believe, you know, the college season's getting kicked off. There are other hockey leagues, other things that people have to do. The Vikings are playing. It's going to be harder and harder to draw to these games simply because not only are they not the only hockey, good hockey in town, they're not only the good. Sports team. So people are going to put their dollars where right. they, they carry the most. And hell, the Gopher football team is 7-0 and for God's sake. It just never happens, at least not since 1961 or whatever the hell that was. 251-game sellout streak. Yep. Over. You should have seen it before the sellout streak started when it was really dark. That was before Zach and Ryan were signed. Woof. The Todd Richards years. 
Woof. It's just, I think, I think what I find the most surprising is obviously, and I'm not questioning Minnesota's love for hockey. Shut your mouth. <laughs> we'll pun- Don't worry, guys. I will literally She's slash gonna- his tires in the lot. Yeah. He, he cannot leave this area without my permission because we're in my building. So th- there will be punishment doled out if needed. I'm not denying Minnesota's love for hockey. It's the state of hockey. Look at how much they love high school hockey and college hockey. It's huge. The Minnesota Whitecaps, oh, my God, they're like rock stars up there. Hell, yeah. The Minnesota Wild. Love the Caps. For them to not sell out this arena, I think, is is far more concerning than a lot of people are making it out to be. But is it, though? Because who does it concern? It concerns Craig. It concerns the organization. But does it affect the lives of everyday Minnesotans? No. No, 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 no. Exactly. But. So why is it concerning? It makes well, you know what? You're right. I know. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not concerning. It's perhaps this could be the start of them realizing, holy fuck, we need to change Who's a them? lot of what we do. The wild. Okay. So you're saying it's finally their pocket now that the pocketbook is officially being dipped into. Right. Maybe this is officially that it's their wake up moment being like, this is happening. Let's try something the fans different. are the fans are making this a rebuild because they're not showing up. Yes. You might have to go in back into this because yeah. you you've blatantly just refused to even go into that direction, even though it's been needed for a while. Right. Yes. Let's try and do something different. Let's maybe, try and maybe be it's more self-fulfilling creative. prophecy, kind yeah. of. Try and be the Los Angeles Kings on Twitter. Try and make the team younger, more no. fast, faster. Like they try, wish they could be the LA Kings on Twitter. Try and just do anything, yeah. anything that's not what they're doing now, which is boring. But that's Minnesota, and the th- problem is with Minnesota too. Then that's and a problem. Th- yeah, I know. But this is the but this is the this is where the state of hockeyness comes in. This is where you're it, you're going to reach not not your limit, but just your tolerance for understanding how Minnesota is in terms of how we view hockey, how we view. V- going to hockey games, the experience of it, what it should look like, what it should sound like. If you took what Vegas does or even half of what Vegas does down here right now and brought it up to the XL Energy Center and started putting putting on that same type of show or, you know, a, a smaller version, people are going to be like, well, what, what the hell is this? Are we just being placated to? This isn't hockey. This isn't the pure way. Yeah. This is, that would There would be legitimate criticism bubbling up with that message Mm -hmm. and so it's very much yes there's a team aspect to it the team hasn't been the most uh liberal in terms of let's try different things to get people in the building let's try to be one of those teams that is a little more social media savvy a little more viral but I just don't know if the if the if the fans or the audience would accept it either. I think that there needs as much as the Minnesota Wild need to rebuild. I think fans need to kind of rebuild their their expectations and their I don't know, I guess just overall relationship with the with professional hockey in Minnesota. I think that it's needed. I think there needs to be a double revolution because there needs to be some quirkiness. There needs to be some weirdness that's like, that's not how we do things. Right. Like, that's not how we do this things. Is not, like, this is not the 70s. Fuck that. Like, this go not, have it's, fun. It's 2019. Yes. We're supposed to be having yes. fun. It's a sport. It's a These sport. Are adult men on ice skates. Yes. With stupid looking sticks. Yes. Flapping around in the air. Yeah. It's just like, guys, come on. Right. It's it's a game. Right. And it, they're treating it like a way of life, which I, I do get. I, I get. It is a way of life. It doesn't have to be this whole, this whole treat it with dignity and respect right doesn't need that right and i and i said this about the about the nights on my on my podcast on the nightcap just because and where can you find the nightcap you, you can find the nightcap at cbs sports 1140.com thank you so much for asking there we are Lindsay. um 
and I forgot. Sorry, Lindsay. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift and a curse, really. S word. Move on. That's all right. We'll have to circle back. It's just I'm going to listen back to this after as we do, and then you're going to remember and it I'm later rem- on. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but it, I'll be annoyed. With, obviously, I'll remember it because I'll have just listened to it and I'll be annoyed with myself and my right. inability to have any sort of semblance of working memory. I just wonder. I don't know. It, it, there, there's just so much. Oh, well, that, that here's a positive thing that we can take away from this game. Okay. A goal on the rush. What? On the rush. No. Yeah. On the rush. Are you okay? I'm just trying. I don't you know. You sounded like a cat about to fight Thank another you. cat. Thank you. I'm very good at impressions. My God. At least I think I am. They, they, and this is the goal that we were talking about a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Jason Zucker makes that. Awesome. Just threads the needle right through the gut of their defense. Yep. Right to Parisi. And uh, it was on the rush. I, I, how often do we even see? Is, is that Has that happened this season so far? I don't I d- think it has. I don't know. And and that's what you're looking for. Those are like those hockey goals. There's the gritty right. hockey goals, and then there's the organic hockey goals where it's like it's not on a man advantage. It's not when you're standing still. It's like bang, bang, bang. Everybody, there are different natures of different goals. They all count the same, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a hierarchy in which – they are scored and how you can gauge how the team is playing or how the players feel about their own games and the way that they are scoring goals. And that's a definite positive step in the right direction to be scoring off the rush, to have that kind of gel between the guys on the ice in terms of communicating between one another, but just having something go right to make good decisions in a very short time frame. Like That's what you need to see. Those are the steps that are going to pay off for them this season and, and going forward as well. Is Jason Zucker the best player on this team? Okay, that's kind of a loaded question. It is a loaded question. Because if you're talking about tool set, if you're talking about if every player is a toolbox and what they have in their game is what they bring to the building, I think if you're talking about today's NHL, yes, he is probably the most skilled in terms of the tools at his disposal and also has shown in the past the ability to use those tools because I know that there are players on this team, especially the young guys are like, so-and-so has this tool or has this thing. I'm like, yes, but we haven't seen that from them here or we haven't seen that from them as of late. So, like, I'm a very big person or uh, it's, it's a very big deal for me to until something changes, you are what you have shown. Yes. And, and nobody has really shown a whole lot, but the people that have – are double sevs, 16, and 32 kind of. 11. And, and 11, 11. 11. And that's kind of it, you know? I can't think of anyone You can't else. really think of anyone else who were, without being like, well, if you I had a thought about right. him, it's mostly negative versus positive things that have happened to him lately. I'm going to add someone to that list. Okay, who's that? And they haven't really done a whole lot. They haven't done a ton, but there was a span of about a minute where he has earned my complete, my universal respect. This is going to be very interesting based off who you say. Joel Erickson Eck. Oh yeah. Okay. We do need Shea to talk. Weber. We need to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. So he's he's out for a little while. Not a long I, time. I don't there. blame him. So it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame. He probably has the deepest contusions right now on on well, his legs, man. How funny oh. would it be if he's just if he's not even hurt? It's just like no, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's week to week. Oh, what's the injury? Oh. um. He's, uh, no, he's, he's oh. not. <laughs> Trust me. He just doesn't want to as play. As a former, <laughs> as a former goaltender, and I know that like I haven't faced anything like Shea Weber. I also don't block shots with shin pads on. I block shots with bigger pads on. But trust me, I know when it what it feels like to hit be hit wrong with the puck or getting into the spot. You're like, oh god, what an absolute just 
to take three. That's a catalyst. Yes. That play is a catalyst. Yes. And that same thing happened last year with another defenseman on this team that I'm glad has re-entered the lineup as of late, and that's Nick Sealer. Did the yeah. same type of thing last year, but then was taken out, out of the lineup after the fact, and that was just a complete stupid, just whatever. But those, those put the body on the line, sacrificial lamb type of things, to see him block those three shots, and especially for it to be him mm. as a player who has – didn't have the biggest hype coming in when he was when he was drafted, but he was there were expectations for him. A lot of people were expecting a lot, and from he him. did not do a lot for no. a very good chunk of the, the the beginning parts of his career, and he's still in the beginning parts of his right. career. I've seen a lot of people throwing the word "bust" around. Yes, yes, absolutely, and and he started to show signs of at least figuring out some aspects of his game. Uh, last last season for different spurts, but he has been wildly inconsistent, sometimes relegated to the press box in fourth-line minutes. But when you have that happen as somebody like him, who is as young as he is, and as much as that pumps up the team and as much of a callous moment that could be for them going forward, like that might be a moment they look back on and be like, we saw Ak do that, and then the next game we beat that same exact team and actually had a good game – these little these little moments sometimes define a season. That's leadership shit. Yes, for him for that to happen to him though as a player and for the confidence boost that that's going to give him because of all the positive feedback he's going to get from teammates from the Minnesota fan base especially because they have been so hard on him right. since he's joined this this club. Huge moment. I'm glad that he, nothing's broken. I I hope nothing's broken. Kudos that's a that's a gold star. I'll give you three for each block shot because that to stand up to any NHL defenseman, but especially Shea Weber. Shea Weber, man. Just I mean, the that sc- shot. Oh my god! Imagine being hit. Oh god! I was gonna say, imagine being hit in the face with a shot like that. Yeah, I would die. No. I would straight no. up just curl into a ball on the ice and just stop. Right, and he could have gotten <laughs> off. He he had chances to 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 change. He stayed. He, he stayed. stayed in and the puck stayed in the zone so he was smart that he didn't that he didn't go into like pain mode and then go to the adrenaline and be like I need to leave. He stayed with it and he didn't hesitate going back out for those other two and he didn't hesitate going back after the second time he blocked. He's like, "Nope, this is my role. This is what I'm doing. I'm basically on one leg right now, but you know what? Take my other one." It does sound like the Wild were expecting him to be gone for quite some time. Really? And it turns out He's only going to be out for about a week or two, so yeah. they dodged a bullet because they they need deep bone. Well, they just need they need experience at at just depth. They need guys who have played serious. And he's a good minutes. depth player right now. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is in terms of where his development is, the way the Wild their trajectory is right now is actually going to bode very well for him if he's able to produce and step up and be a leader and just take those next steps in his development, just based off of. If this team decides to level out and then try to rebuild that hit a right. few years from now, he could be a very big name for this club and, and make waves across the league if everything plays out correctly. Now, today's game wasn't exactly, uh, you know, amazing. It no. was not a dominating effort whatsoever. No. Well, it was just a hockey game. But one could argue that it, I don't even know if this is even arguable. Today probably was their best game of the season. Oh, so far. absolutely. Um, it's a low bar, but you're not wrong. Do you think what happens when Matt Zuccarello comes back? Well, I was because ask when because he was, we forget that he's even on this team because he's been he out was, for a little bit. He's been out mm-hmm. with an injury, lower body injury, and they thought he was going to be able to come back. He's on IR. Yeah, they he's put on him on IR, IR which is not good news. Um, I hate asking this question because okay. even though I understand how not ideal his contract is, I do think that Matt Zuccarello can be. 
an impactful player for this team mm-hmm. right now and even next season and possibly even the one after that. Mm-hmm. But considering how little he had done before he got hurt, how much of an impact, like, could this just be one of those no. uh, James Neal situation where he goes from being great in Vegas and then he goes elsewhere and he's just... I don't think so. I think Matt Zuccarello, is, is pre- his reputation amongst players in the league and just around people in the league precedes him. him. I agree. He's a very well-respected player in, the, in this league and he's one of the hardest workers, one of the most gritty guys, and I just think... Yeah, he didn't show us very much early on before he got hurt, but nobody else no, did but either. You're right. And no he's also walking in to a team that is brand new to him. And so there's definitely a learning curve in terms of just getting on the same page with everyone, no matter how what age you are. Mm. And so I'm not worried about him coming back in because the only way you'd be like, well, are you worried of, of, of putting him back in the lineup? If it was interrupting something. We're not interrupting shit here. Like, you put him in because he's he gives you the chance to win some games. Yeah. But more importantly, he needs to be imprinting on those young players. And that's what that contract is for. And I agree with you. It is too long for too much money. But the devaluation of him as a player and as an asset is two seasons away. That's when we can bitch about the contract. That's when we can go. Until he legitimately starts to decline, then we can bitch. Until then... And you have to give him some time to come back from this injury to get to gel with this team. Yeah. And you need to taper the expectations of that he's not the savior player. He never has been. And this team is not going to be saved and should not be asking for any sort of life preservation at all. What you should be asking him to do is to play his game, try to hold down the the ship in terms of taking big minutes from big players, meaning playing against the big players on the other team, and making sure that you're trying to create this good atmosphere and this imprint on the young players so they can have a culture that was similar to what they had in New York when they were playing, well, that's, God, almost 10 years ago they were in that cup right? final. And and so you want to have that. There's a lot of There's a lot of things to be mined from him as, as a talent and as a leader, and uh, I, he could not come back fast enough, honestly. I'll tell you who's impressed me recently. Who? And this is someone who people were kind of calling for his head earlier on in the season. I mean, everyone's head has been called yeah. for at this point. So Eric Stahl is looking better. I think he's looking a lot better. Okay. I do. All right. I think he's like he had a couple nice scoring chances tonight. He, Good. He got I, an assist on that uh, on that um, goal from Felino. You know, if a goalie shoots the puck from the crease towards the other crease, that and it hits the net, that is also a scoring a sh- chance. It is. You're right. Not a high danger uh, one. But. Well, you know, that's kind of similar to what Eric Stahl has been giving us so far. And granted, he's going to start playing better. A lot of these players are going to start playing he better. He did than create it, a like, couple high danger but chances. He today. hit for me, it just I we haven't seen a prolonged spurt of good play from him for a while. Mm. And and it hasn't happened this year. And it hasn't happened for a while last year either. Like, there were points last year I was just like, holy shit, why is Eric Stahl looking like he's like father of the forest out there? <laughs> like and it's it's this is this is what the back half of your career looks like. But the problem is with Eric Stahl, and the problem with this team is why why he's he's not being put in a position to succeed is because right now he's being he's being placed as that first line on that first line or being dependent on to have those responsibilities, like playing against top players on the other team. Yes, he's he doesn't have the ability to be relied upon for that amount of time that they're relying on him right now. He can spot a few shifts here and there, but if he was on a different team or if this team was in a different place, he'd be down 
second, third line. And that's a different responsibility, and that's less defensive responsibility. Sometimes that's where you're going against inexperienced players, where he would be playing more loose. He wouldn't have to be worried about so much stuff. And he just he doesn't have the physical tools, or at least they've just declined enough so that he's not able to really get anything going. Well, and yeah, it's gonna. They have to. He has to figure it out. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's something that he has to return to in his past, or if he needs to do something different. But you have he. They just resigned him last year, which was yeah. a stupid ass it was a deal. Dumb, dumb deal. Stu- I call. I said that the second they fu- they fucking signed that thing. But wh- I don't care. All, contracts, all that other bullshit aside, he needs to be better. And and even if it was just last year of his deal that and that contract didn't exist, it's he's not performing to where what they signed for I, any at any point. Yes, his, his, I will his say this though. Wild. I do think he did play better today. He yes. actually ranked uh, quite highly on the team with a very nice sixty nine point two three high danger chance for percentage. So okay. he was out there for that means what he was out there for nine high danger scoring chances. Okay, for the wild. Okay. Well, and so he's getting there. I right. feel like he's getting back to his game. Yep. And he was in a maybe he was just in a rut to start the season. Um, you know, confident he, lack of confidence kills. It does. It does. People don't talk about that enough. Nope. And uh, that's why we talk about it constantly. When man, I remember a few years ago. Um, this was a while. Like, I think this was like 2014 or something like that. Oh boy. When the uh, Blue Jackets were off to just like a horrible start. Uh-huh. And I remember them pulling over um, Sergei Bobrovsky. I, I can't remember what exactly, when it was or whatever, but. Pre-torts. Th- he said, I think, yes, yes, yeah. I believe it was pre-torts. Um, he said, like, I just have no confidence at all right now. Right. And like, surprise, surprise, they right. ended up being awful that whole season. And it's just like, why confidence is it, so. Why are people shocked? Yeah, no. Yeah. If you're feeling if you're feeling like you can do nothing right, why do you think you're that you're going to have the ability to go do things right on a regular basis? Right. This is why the whole shift in coaching and, and just cultural in general how important it is and how you may not like it, but this is how the world is now and this is how it needs to be because to be totally honest, would you rather get more out of your player because and you have to be mean to them or get more out of your player or even just a little bit less and be nice? Yeah. And let them be a normal human being too. One assist for Eric Stahl tonight. Mm-hmm. That's good. You're not wrong. 21 minutes of ice time. That's what I mean, though. So That's may- what I mean. He needs to be down in, like, 15, 16 range to, be, yeah. to get him at a highly efi- – to use him efficiently and his skills efficiently because you just he, – he doesn't have the legs to keep up with those minutes. You can't be relying on tw- – Eric Stahl. He's 30, what, six? Oh, God. He's got to be. He's, he's been here, in this league see. since he was 18. Let's see. I, I believe he's 36. And you're having him play 21 minutes. What was it? When Ryan Suter was like at the peak of minutes in the, in the league. 34. Like four or five years ago when that was still like a badge bar. I'd be like, I play the most minutes in the NHL. And then yeah. we realized how bad that was for people. Right. Um, that's that's pretty damn close to what Suter was playing. Mm-hmm. And I get it. If, they're, if, if that's what the line, if that line is firing in all cylinders that night, play the hell out of them. I get it. Yeah. But it cannot be a consistent 20 minutes is way too much ice time for almost anyone. We're going to go to your favorite subject now, Lindsay. We are goaltending. Goalies are so cool, dude. Goalies are just the best. Goalies are lit. No, all goalies are just insane. All of them. Each and every one of them. Specifically, Lindsay Brown, who I'm. I'm a different type of insane, but sure. (laughs) Not uh, clown posse insane, but <laughs> insane. yeah, right. One of those. Uh, so it appeared as if uh, we may have had a small goalie controversy mm. earlier this week. People with you know we had Dubnik play, and then we had a nice little rest, and then 
what's this? Here comes uh, here comes Alex Stalock. Mm-hmm. So um, he ended up losing to Montreal. Dubnik comes in again in the second game against Montreal. He gets the 4-3 victory. What do you think about just this whole entire thing? Do you think they should stick with one guy, maybe maybe stick with Dubnik for the rest of the season, or maybe give Stalock a shot, let him prove what he's worth? Well, what from should, a goalie perspective. What, from a goalie perspective, I've been saying this for about two years. Dubnik plays basically, some years it's 85% of the games. He and plays too much seven, anyway. He plays too much anyways. So there needs to be a natural regression as is, right. regardless of what level of play each of them are playing at. The weird thing about Alex Stalock as a goaltender is that when you throw him in a game when you're not supposed to win, it's the second half of a back-to-back, or the team's playing like shit, or some weird stuff's going on in the background where there's just like, it's it's more or less, the rest of the team, you're there, but you're not expecting to win. He plays really well in those games. Right. But then when you put him in games where the, t- the team is expected to win, they're, they're trying to like, here's a game that's not just like we're throwing you a bone. Like, here's an actual game, and they're all actual games, but like, you know, a very meaningful, yeah. where, where yeah. it could be, we could play Dubnik, like we would normally play Dubnik. He tends to struggle, or at least that's how, how it has been characteristically. And that game on on uh, in Montreal earlier this week, not his fucking fault. Mm. And the great thing about Stalock is when those games happen, when it's just an onslaught, he's really fun to watch because he's a very athletic goalie. He's very reminiscent of Jonathan Quick's type of style, just kind of like all over the place, controlled chaos, very jumpy and very just quirky, and it's great. Um, but that that is a certain type of goalie play that is meant for certain types of teams and certain types of systems and such. There's such a big difference between the style that Devin Dubnik plays and Alex Stalock plays that a lot mm. of times you uh, you don't match the team very well or the team is unable to really change their the way they play defensively because Dubnik's huge. He gives up a lot of rebounds because he's so big, because he takes up so much of the net. And Stalock is smaller, but he's a lot more athletic, so he goes out of the net a lot. He, he tends to challenge more, and that changes the way that you kind of address your defensive play in your zone. I don't know if there's a controversy all I know is that Devin Dubnik plays better when he feels like he he's the he, guy. he no no opposite really when he feels like there's somebody that that some minutes are gonna be taken from him because he's been with this club what five six seasons now hmm. we all know Dubnik's game we all know what he's capable of in terms of playing well which is being one of the top goalies in the NHL. And we all know what he's capable of when he's playing poorly, which is one of the worst goalies in the NHL. The big yeah. thing for him is consistency and the way that you get consistency out of goaltenders this or in this league. And this is not a uh, an issue that's unique to the wild because the rest of the league is doing it. The rest of the league is shifting minutes. The rest of the league is going more tandem style. And this is the same type of thing that we were just talking about with the mental part of the game. Some It's not enough to just give guys practices off. Because it's as much as the, the physical abuse that you take when you're playing, the mental preparation, the mental focus that's needed, yeah. especially when you're losing and you're getting that negative feedback, and so you feel like you, what you're doing is wrong, mm-hmm. even if it's exactly what you've, you've been doing your entire career. And in the past, it's paid off for you. That's where Dubnik needs to be. It needs to be less so he can keep that. Comp- so this this mounting losses, all these growing pains he just needs some of that burdened less burden lessened and I think sometimes people see that as a controversy because he has played so much in the past right and it's I don't think it is I think what's interesting and you bring up a good point uh something 
kind of brought to my attention uh, last week, I believe it was. Uh-huh. Maybe it was a couple weeks ago. Um, and we're going to revert back to the Golden Knights for reference here. Yep. Um, Gerard Gallant comes out and says, he was asked a question, I believe it was by you. Was it by you? Probably. Where uh, someone basically asked, saying, hey, um, you know, is Flurry going to be playing as men- as much as he was last yep. season? And Gallant said, basically, well, he's getting practices off. So we're gonna play him for a hundred straight games if we want to, uh-huh. right? And it wasn't it wasn't like uh, it was it was a joke. He was joking, but copy reading because I think you texted me after that quote and you're like, "Is Glot serious?" I'm like, "It was a joke. It was he was sarcastic." Right. You're like, "Oh." Another, another good example of what happened exactly. with Zucker. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So, but in that situation, like, does it is it really good to have? It's not a good. I feel like that's a recipe for disaster to give goalies off on practice days. Yeah, and and it's it just depend it's very much about what's best for the goalie and it's we're all so different. Like we all like to be goalies are crazy, they're insane. We yeah. all are very it's more or less because we're we happen to be the quirkiest people in the locker room. So by being the quirkiest people in the locker room, that's unique, but we are also unique from one another. And so some goalies have the ability to do that, have the ability to say, like, I'm not going to practice. I don't need to practice. Mm. And Marc Andre Fleury might be one of those players. And hell, Devin Dubnik might be one of those players and one of those one of those goalies that can play a lot of games. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. And like I like I just said, it's not about the break physically most times. It's about the break mentally. It's about giving goalies a chance to practice and work on things and get scored on a lot without feeling like they're getting their rhythm off for the game the next night. To legitimately try to get better at things in practice and work on things. And sometimes you can't do that when you're trying to just keep up for game because if you start working on things or trying to change little aspects about your game, it can throw a lot of stuff off. It's just like a right. golf swing. Same yeah. type of thing. And so I think that's what Dubnik needs. I think he needs those little mental resets where not only does he get a break mentally, but it allows him to go work with work with the goalie coaching, work with the people that he knows, and just get back to the basics of what he does well as, as, on the ice physically and, and how he approaches game and just how he can change it and just break this little season up, especially if it's going to be a, a long, tough season with a lot of losses that can just mm. eat away. It, fans feel it. But you don't think the players feel that too when they're losing a lot? Especially like, goalies feel. They're like, God damn it, I don't want to go to the rink today. Like, or you're just like, I I do this every day, and I know they're getting paid a lot of money, and it, it's a, one of the, it's the coolest job of all time. But even we have pretty cool jobs too. Right. There are shitty days for everyone, and when every day you're being your your uh your your report card is being told shitty shitty you're bad you're not doing things well you're playing poorly or you're not playing as well as you could. Obviously, why, why wouldn't you want him to have a, a mental health day? Why wouldn't you want to have that exactly, break? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to have that level of intensity just bring it down for four or five times a season? It doesn't have to be every week where you're like, dude, Nick, pull him out. It just have to. That's, that's a decision you make five or six times during the season more than you have in the past. That's yeah. it. It does seem like he's getting on the right track now because he did make a lot of timely saves tonight yep. against Montreal. Yep. He was a big reason why they ended pushed. up winning. He needs he, to be pushed. He's he's a racehorse that needs that needs another horse to push him when he's running around. Yeah. He he's not going to be able to push himself and keep that intensity up well, by himself. Tonight it seems like he was pushed and yes. he delivered. Good. He did. So, um next Saturday, we have our first outdoor game of the season. Are you that's next week. Heritage Classic Jesus between the uh, Calgary Flames and Winnipeg Jets. Have you ever been to an outdoor game? Uh I have not. I don't really I I, I think I would go I would go to like a practice. The game I feel I'd be like the money probably isn't worth it and to be 
totally honest, I don't want to sit that far away from the rink. It's probably that's, not. That's my. Thing. It's it's like, it's about like being there and being able to say like I was at the Winter Classic or I was right. At, and right. now it's not even about being the Winter Classic because now they have ten thousand of these outdoor games, so it's not even special anymore. So I know and Minnesota's never had one, and it's bullshit. Minnesota had one. They had an outdoor stadium series. They have not had a Winter Classic, and that's Winter Classic. Yes. Okay. Bullshit. But we've seen Chicago. God knows how many stupid. Oh, they times. get it every other oh, year. Well, let's see another Sydney Crosby game versus Alexander Ovechkin. Great. Part 884. Excellent. I, I like that Get Bettman came out not too long ago, and they said, can we expect to see uh, someone, I think someone asked him, like, can we expect to see a Black Hawks Winter Classic? And he's like, nah, we've had enough of them for a while. Good. <laughs> see you later, sluts. <laughs> Uh, no offense. I know this game is between the Flames and Jets, but if we don't see Gritty streaking again this year, I don't know what I'll do with myself. <laughs> I, I, I will watch that game if both of them are wearing the throwback unis. Because if they're wearing the throwback I, you know what, unis, I will too. yeah. And you know, I bet the they will. Flames I throwback will. unis are so. Fresh. Can they just? All right, we're getting into uni talk now, guys. Yes, it's official. We're getting into uni talk. Can they just fucking go back to the to the throwbacks Correct. for good? Correct. There are certain teams I'm like, yes, and then there are certain teams I'm like, no. And then there are other teams where I'm like, you've never had a good jersey ever, and that all the colors need to rework, be reworked and everything needs to be redone. That's Minnesota Wild's category. I me. agree. The for Wild me. do need new uniforms. Yes. I totally agree. Yes. Because I feel like, I don't know if we've talked about this. need a new color palette. Have we talked about this on the co- yeah. podcast before? I don't know. I, know I have a lot of hockey off. conversations that have bits and pieces that have been spoken before, and yeah. I'm just like, which ones have I said on here now? I don't know. They, I just feel like there's, they don't know how to make the logo stand out from the rest of the jersey, I feel like. well, it would, And that's yeah. why they have that stupid fucking cream-colored line. No, that would be wheat. That is a color. That is a primary color on the jerseys. Wheat. That's a dumb color. It is literally cream of wheat, How just for the General Mills partnership, which I don't even know if they have. Maybe they do. Maybe get, they don't. Get rid of it. Listen, I think the lo- I think the logo for the Wild is cool. Yeah, the logo's it is, fine. It's really cool. logo's fine. It's cool. But you know what? New get Colors. A, get yeah. a new fucking logo. Get new fucking new sweaters. Like, this, or at least turn up the neon or at least the brightness on the green and shit. Like, this let's get really some real is, green if in If this here. really is the rebuild that mm-hmm. a lot of us are expecting mm-hmm. it to be. How about a rebrand, baby? Get a rebrand going, Rebrand while we rebuild. We're what, going two for one, what baby. What better way to get a rebuild going than by getting Why some not? sick new uniforms, new Why? logo? Why not? It's you the Minnesota Wild. You can come up with so many cool Do we have a purple jersey in no! the NHL? No! How sick. Would like purple wild jer- and granted not just like purple rain like whatever but like a legitimate just, purple base. I'm talking Cloquet, <laughs> Esco, Carlton type purple, and you don't know where that is, but it's a it's it's a part of Minnesota hockey town. All of them are hockey towns in Minnesota, obviously, but like that purple. Why can't we have St. Thomas Tommy purple? Why can't we be like what? Pittsburgh is where all of their teams basically have the same colors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't we be one of those legacy places? I know we haven't had the franchises nearly as long, but I think it is cool when cities basically have the same color scheme across because then everybody's wearing the same shit. Yeah. And it just looks cool. I want purple jerseys. They need to make Prince like the crest, like the logo. But not just the logo. Face. I want his face. Just I his just, face. That's or just, it. I don't know. I, you know what? You know would be great? They should get the artist formerly known as Prince spelled out. Dave Chappelle dressed as brilliant. Prince. <laughs> that is, and Dave Chappelle loves Minneapolis too. He, he perform, does. He performs he a does. lot there. He loves it there. Well, yeah. Everybody loves us. Don't worry, guys. What an unbelievable troll! I remember seeing, uh, seeing. Uh, I think he was on like the, the with Conan or something like yeah. that. Brilliant. And and Dave Chappelle was basically like, yeah, I did that as a joke on TV, and then uh, uh, I love Dave Chappelle. And then God. <laughs> and then Prince used me. 
as the cover art for his it's single so, it's, to troll me. And I'm like, I what am I going to do, sue him pe- for dressing The best like people him? are the people that get the bit. That's and and that are like this is the bit and not yeah. taking themselves too seriously. And Prince is one of those people. R.I.P. I just I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I think perfor- I haven't gotten into I haven't gotten into Prince. I don't know what it is. I, it's okay. I haven't either, and that's practically I was kicked out of my soda. But that's why I'm down here. Yeah, that's why. But yes, I think that I think the Wild could definitely do some interesting stuff with their jerseys. And I know everybody's well, they have to go back to the North Stars and whatever. I'm like, I trust me, I am on that bandwagon. I'm on the biggest. I am waving the biggest flag. Like, give us back the jerseys, or at least the green. Give us that shade of green back. Mm. And it's not going to happen. And so it's shitty. So instead, why don't we just do something weird? We have perpetual little brother syndrome as as Minnesota people, so why not be Go the most be definition the, the of point. little brother by being the most just loud and proud and just be like, I'm here, acknowledge my presence without me saying anything, just by being, being like, it's a feeling. Well, listen, Purple jerseys give you that feeling. They there, do. There's no better way to start off in a new era, especially when the Wild pick first overall and they get Alexi Lafreniere. They can... That's not going to happen because if even if they do have the worst uh, record in the league, they're not going to win the lottery. No, because we don't win. There was only one time we've won the lottery ever, and it was for Carl Anthony Towns from Minnesota Timberwolves, and that was the first. Like we've been duped out of Shaq, we've been duped out of all everything, or it's just worse. And obviously, the NHL has made changes to the lottery system and how the the number one overall pick is doled out. But damn it, we they need all the help they can get and. New jerseys with the number one overall pick would would definitely stand out. It would be fun. It would be fun. I think that's just about all the time we have, folks. Is it? Episode number three. Uh, how long did we even go? We're almost to an hour. Pretty Are we close. almost there? We're pretty close. We're we good. could go. We could go longer, but we got things to do. We, you know what? We're both trying to figure out our sleep schedules and go to bed early. And we have a big day tomorrow. We do have a big day we tomorrow. Big what day is tomorrow. going on tomorrow? Lindsay? Tomorrow on Monday, October twenty first, from six to seven p.m. Pacific time. So if you're in Minnesota, that means two hours ahead. So eight to nine. Nightcap podcast is going live over the air on CBS Sports Radio down here in Las Vegas. And I know you guys aren't Vegas Golden Knights fans, but I'm I'm not a fan either, and I'm from Minnesota. So why don't you come on down and listen to me and RP Quigs? That's right. Talk about the Golden Knights. There will probably be a Minnesota reference in there, just like how there's always a Golden Knights reference in this podcast. Minnesota never leaves my orbit, and and neither with yours. So we'll both be on that. So tune into that if you're looking for, I don't know, just a little something different. Something positive about a team that is moving in a positive direction. Are they? Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow, won't we? We will. We will. We will. Nightcap podcast. Yeah. That is it for number three. Episode. Number <laughs> episode number, number three. three. Can't talk today. Episode number three of the Hockey Wilderness Podcast. My name is Ryan Quigley. You can find me on Twitter at RP underscore Quigs. And that across the room from me is Lindsay Brown. You can find her on Twitter at Lindsay Brown35. That's all the time we have for you tonight, folks. We will be back next weekend, and we're excited for it. Have a good one.